decide whether I should do a bad binary joke or if that's bad or if that's bad and I just shouldn't. I think you're fine. We can do two we're takes. Trans. We can do two okay, takes. Okay, we're doing two takes. We, I think we can this do two takes if it's the bad. Intro, is we're doing two takes. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Fuck, this wasn't my intro. Shit. Do your fucking Fuck, intro. I guess we're doing intro. two takes. No, 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 we're no doing this is two the takes. intro now. This is the fucking intro. Okay. Well, this is Okay, this is the second take. All right. Fuck. <clears throat> Good evening. Nope, that's just fucking vampire. Why why am I in, incapable of just saying good evening like a normal fucking human being? Good evening, right, three everyone. Takes. And welcome. Yes. <laughs> that's not Wait, is is that what you qualify as a normal human voice? Yeah, I mean, I also live in Republic City in Legend of Korra, so <laughs> transbending. <laughs> Gender bending. Gender bending. <laughs> the my favorite sport. Okay, Jesus. now you have God, to do your I, intro. I, now you have to do your intro. No, I think that no, was the no, intro. I think I think, you have to I do think I've... what you were gonna do. You have you have to give the people. People are gonna be coming for us. They're gonna be knocking down our doors, desperate to know what your planned intro was. And by people, I mean me. I'm gonna come to your house. <laughs> If you come to my house, I have to kick you out because there's a pandemic going on. I will just stand outside of your door and keep <laughs> knocking. <laughs> it's like it's like the thing in that horror movie that just always walks at you, except it's just you at my door. Just knock, knock. It's, yeah, I'm knock, following. Knock. You're following. It's social media. It follows. But it's just anyways. Okay, should I do the intro? Is this yeah. the intro? Or should this I do is the, the intro, intro and then you're going to do the intro. Wait, sorry, is this the intro or, or am I doing the intro? Who's on third? Doing the intro is part of the intro. <laughs> y- yes? Fuck, I think we're in it. This is Salt Cravings. No, My name's Claire. Come on. <laughs> this is your fucking joke. I'm Brianna, and I'm offended, flabbergasted, amazed at Claire's inability to do a joke. <laughs> really setting the stage here this is the gonna be the whole episode no jokes here just failed jokes and retakes brianna how how have i've you been? been living and surviving um woo living yeah love that that's my favorite activity all right over here you know how hey yeah you know can't <laughs> complain forget about it hey, can't you know i'm changing my mind about that intro i think maybe <laughs> <laughs> give me the intro no how are you doing? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm okay. Um, <laughs> we are in it, uh, my, yeah. my good friends. That's my gender neutral thing is is good friends. Because um, you're all our friends. Don't don't look are up we what just, a parasocial c- relationship is. <laughs> we wasn't that last episode? Are we just if you cued last episode and you go straight into this episode, it's just like goodbye, friends, and then it's like hello. I believe my friends. that was the episode Goody- before last. Don't worry. Oh, well, just nobody, nobody listens to that specific episode. It doesn't exist anymore. It's all about parasocial relationships. That's what we do on this here podcast. Because you can't have relationships in real life anymore. It's it's all digital relationships. You know, if you think about it, really all relationships right now are pod social relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you could hear the three times I processed yes. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and finally arrived at the joke. This is a podcast where we talk about and solve our cravings. We're really on it tonight, so maybe we should just get into it. Brianna, do you want to give us this evening's uh, first craving? Yeah, I would love to. Let me tell you, we are beeping and we are booping <laughs> and we are making music and we are using no real instruments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because... I have really been getting into music that is like hyper pop or is just like all synths all the time. No real instruments. This is my new favorite genre is like weird, cool music with lots of distortion and synthetic effects. And, you know, this is the, of course, the uh, classically trans uh, girl genre of music (laughs) where the space in which like Sophie um rest in peace Mm. pioneered a lot um but that goes back to like wendy carlos in terms of associations with trans uh women and now is like i think a space that's like you know obviously the most popular one in this space at this point is 100 gex they are they are one of the most i'm i'm sorry what 100 gex 
Okay, so I've seen that on Twitter. I thought that was like 20 to 30 hogs sort of joke. No, 100 Gex is a band. Um, and you know what? Let me play you a song <laughs> right now. So that is uh, 10 to 100 Wild Gex. That is the remix of the 100 Gex song Ringtone, which features Charlie XCX, Rico Nasty, and Caro Caro Bonito. Those are some big names. Yeah, um, these are all these are all folks who who like to play around this space, and, and in general, this is a, a really fun space. A lot of like what I guess can at this point only be described as bimbo core shit <laughs> is like is in this area. And there's some very good like playlists with a lot of this stuff that are that are based in that. Anyway, I just really like this type of music. I just really like when it's really kind of overwhelming but fun. You know, when it's like poppy but it's like going a little too far. I mean, it's a little bit too much, you know? Um and just in general, I think we need more synths in the world. This is a craving I've had since before uh Sophie passed. But specifically on Sophie, one of the things that I believe was true about her is that she would, every time that she made a new song, she would use something else as, like, an instrument. Like, she would create a new type of sound. Mm. You know, she would create sounds with, like, rushing water or hitting a drumstick on a, like, computer tower or, like, weird stim toys. So, like, what are some things... How how are we going to make some new synths? Also, like, what do you think about it? Is this anything for you, or is this just like, eh? No, I, I fucking, I fucking vibe with this music. There was a while, oh, a good vibe. um, where yeah. I was just listening to Charlie uh, XCX for like a full month. I don't know um, how other people listen to music. I have learned that my music listening styles are incredibly weird. Where I will pick an artist, listen to their entire discography, and then only listen to their entire discography. And nothing else. Um, so, so Charlie XCX was one was like two to three weeks maybe of my life, and obviously Sophie was another month or two. Yeah. I actually only learned about her music like from her passing. Clearly, I didn't know about this hundred Gex. I don't actually know of the other name you mentioned, Wendy. What was the last name? Wendy Carlos. Carlos. Um, gonna look her up afterwards. And that's going to be my next month. Wendy Carlos is definitely different. She's like, she's still around, but doesn't do much in public anymore. But she's like, she made a lot of soundtracks in the like, I think 70s. And she also was sort of the person to bring synths into the mainstream with her like, she made a, a, a I think it won a Grammy, an album of Bach music Shit. that was all made by synthetics. Oh, that sounds synthetic, great. Uh, music in like the 70s Jeez, and what? people lost their fucking minds yeah of course they people, did people lost it they said this was the end of music they <laughs> said it was the best the the best achievement of humanity like <laughs> people lost their fucking minds and she made like soundtracks for like a clockwork orange oh, and shit. other films and then like yeah and then eventually somewhere along the way came out as trans and like still made synth music but she hasn't made she hasn't made music for for a while at this point but the synth started with us and <laughs> now a, a lot of trans gals like to use it um charlie xcx is a fun example of like a cis girl who just seems to <laughs> almost exclusively or at least very often collaborate with trans women yeah and like is one of those cis girls you know the specific type of cis girls that just happen to be friends with a lot of trans women and like get into like <laughs> you mean like some of our friends Yes, uh-huh. no, I no, I know who I'm thinking of at this moment. But but to answer your original question, yeah, I I I, I vibe with this music, and I absolutely like. I oh, yeah. would love like what are what are we doing to make new sounds? And my first thought was, we're just gonna make a we're just gonna take a microphone, and we're just gonna find 
ways we can drop it. Ooh. And I just think like, what if we just dropped it on a trampoline, right? You're just bouncing on a trampoline right. with a microphone. I think that would be, you know, if we were in a pandemic and I had unlimited money, I would just buy a trampoline right now, assemble oh. it outside of my apartment, go jump on it, record that audio, and then Claire. put it into this podcast. But I'm not going to do that. What's I up? can think of like five different ways to make new sounds with a trampoline. All right, you want to hear them? <laughs> yes. Name name the trampoline noises. Mic drop, which is where you drop the mic on mm-hmm, the trampoline. Yeah. Another is where you just hold the mic as you bounce and it bounces <laughs> up and down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can use the springs of the trampoline for sure to make some specific noises. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, that's like, good. You know, yeah. play something on them. Uh-huh. Um, if you have a net, you can like oh, yeah. make some net noises. If you don't have a net, then you can make the noise of someone falling off the trampoline <laughs> like an old childhood friend of mine did oh, and where no. he broke his arm oh. wait no sorry that wasn't an old childhood friend that happened to me i didn't break my arm but i did mostly sprain it i forget what has happened to me and what happened to my childhood like friends who are boys because i don't consider old me to be a to be Jesus. me anymore <laughs> holy shit i love so that happened to me not a friend of mine uh-huh. um but i would be happy to sample that that sound if we could go back and and grab that or you know make that happen to someone else love to be disassociated Um, from my body so much that memories of other people are actually memories of myself so obviously the title of this is bounce and or the title the songs are like mic drop and like springs because we are music producers and we know how to name things the concept of an entire concept album made on trampoline <laughs> kicks so much ass. That rules. Oh, absolutely. Because you could bounce other things on the trampoline while you're yeah. like bouncing. This absolutely rules. Please, someone steal this idea and do it. I know we got people listening who make music or who know people <laughs> what make music. Make a trampoline concept <laughs> album. Uh, all you need is a trampoline. I don't know where you're going to find a trampoline. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to yeah, say... Everyone get your <laughs> record label to give it to you. <laughs> Me writing off a trampoline as a business expense. Yeah, I needed this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you can just go into a forest and just like record like a billion sounds. Oh, probably. I'm sure people do that. It'd be like cottagecore, but we're gonna steal that word and we're gonna have a have a new and wholesome meeting. Here, hang on. I know I so since it's like synthetic, but it's also cottagecore, I think it's just it's so it's it's cottagecore, but written with like leet. <laughs> um, so it's C zero T T four G three C O zero R. I'm just gonna make that cottagecore. I think that's the title just so people yeah. can fucking read it. And and cottagecore um, also like encompasses camping too. I think right, like you go camping, oh, camping noises. you bring your trampoline camping. Uh, you got to get that good mix of springs and birds. Okay, but like <laughs> camping, I mean like a campfire, right? Oh yeah, a tent, a tarp. Oh, tarp noises. Oh, you can't even talk about tarp. Noises. Okay, you said tent, and my immediate thought was ah, the noises of people saying fuck as they try to set up a tent because that's what I do, and I try to set up a tent. A really distorted, like <laughs> really distorted noise of someone failing to hammer in a spike of a tent, and then fuck. <laughs> I think this would be great music. It's a real shame that neither of us are music producers, and so really the content of this is listening to us talk about great noises and making none of them. But what if we did? Wouldn't that be cool? Oh my god. A sponsor, yeah, go to the Patreon, give us a thousand dollars a month, we'll make a we'll make a fucking album, I guess. <laughs> Look, I'll make an album for a thousand dollars a month. Oh my god. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't promise absolutely. it'll be good, but fuck. I'll use that money for a fucking trampoline, and then I'll go camping, and I'll record everything. And there you go. Uh-huh. More sound effects. More just, like, taking Foldy work from movies and make it into... Just take those <laughs> sound files and use them for music instead. We need to use the Wilhelm scream, but in as a synth. All the ways you can distort that one scream. You know the scream that I'm talking about, right? I know the scream. They're like... Like, yeah, yeah, nailed it. One. Perfect. God, a <laughs> Wilhelm scream as like, that's definitely the intro to some <laughs> hyperpop song. Probably not a very good one. I'm going to keep it real with you, but I bet it is somewhere.
nerd who thinks it's cool the wilhelm scream is so like funny unlike our cool cottage core trampoline album which is super cool and amazing yeah i think it kicks ass i think <laughs> no i think it kicks ass because the because that none of those have been overused like fucking wilhelm scream and also because we're heavily distorting cottage core <laughs> I feel like Cottagecore has a sound already, and it's like lo-fi indie with some birds yes. over top of it. Or the like one that has in general been adopted, I think, by a lot of Cottagecore people is like Mitski. Cottagecore people love Mitski. <laughs> it's the meme, and it just says, Cottagecore people love Mitski. One of my friends who I've been hanging out a lot with and playing Elder Scrolls, um, has been making the joke, and it's just in my brain now, white people love to be named blank, and just white people love to be named uh, Cottage Kormitsky is just repeating in my brain now. Oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> oh, God. I just... <laughs> I my child is named Cottage Kormitsky. Oh, we can't get into this. We <laughs> truly can't. Maybe don't take, like, a woman of colors, like, music for your, like, weird colonialist fantasy that's my take is is that what mitski's doing oh no that's what people right because mitski is like right sorry i completely blanked on what cottage core was for a second because our cottage core is better our cottage core is like and i was thinking about my child named cottage core mitski you know switch switched on cottage core switched on cottage core switched on bach was the bach one? Oh, is that what it's called Carlos? all so right switched on cottage core now switched on cottage core so now that uh, I'm going to be listening to uh, Switched On Cottagecore by the uh, Cravings of Salt band, uh-huh. <laughs> which is the name of our band. We could just call it the Salt Cravings band, but... Oh, it's like the Dave Matthews band, but... <laughs> <laughs> but if Dave Matthews was named Salt Cravings, yes. White people love to be called Salt Cravings. <laughs> That's true. We do. Yeah. That's what... Yes. It's us. Uh-huh. It's us. Uh, Should we move on? All right, on? give me that. That was for. Do you want to hit me with your next craving, though not too hard? <laughs> Gently whacking Brianna with my next craving, like one of those uh-huh. floppy pool toys. I think I'm way cooler than a floppy pool toy. So no, I'm whacking you with one. Talking. I'm the floppy t- pool toy. Jesus, I can almost not. But if say you're that. the f- floppy pool toy and I'm the floppy <laughs> pool toy. Then who's driving the podcast? So my next craving, um, <laughs> which has, which would affect, I'm going to send you uh, this website. Because Brianna, I just need to download more RAM. I really oh, need, I see. I really yeah, need uh-huh. more RAM in my computer. And generally I need a, a new sure. computer. But really what my computer needs is RAM. If I use Discord to call you, and use Chrome at the same time, it fucks up my audio. If I play a video like you sent me earlier, it just destroys my frame rate. I need to download more RAM. I need to find RAM. I need to go pillaging for RAM. Uh, I was going to say harvesting, and I said pillaging. So I guess electronics are uh, not done ethically, but uh, so I'm going to go... We're going to do ethically sourced RAM. How do I ethically source my RAM? Oh, I see. You want to just ethically source your RAM. Yeah, I, mean, I want organic, yeah. farm-raised RAM. You don't want to. You don't want to have Bitcoin RAM. You don't God. want. You don't want a, a RAM NFT or whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna take a NF- <laughs> digital image. Is that what it is? NFT. Yeah, it's it's an NFT. I'm gonna sell you this picture of SpongeBob um, eating RAM for a thousand dollars. God. <laughs> Obviously, the easiest way, and this is kind of, you know, I think this episode, really what we're discovering is that you can blend the farming cottagecore lifestyle (laughs) with the high tech (laughs) lifestyle. Um, And I know that you can do this because, of course, ram chickens. Sorry, what? So a ram chicken, we all love chickens. And we're all like, we're all sad when a chicken dies what if you didn't have to use what if you couldn't even eat the chicken and so there was no chance it would die and instead you are only taking its eggs which are ram the the <laughs> eggs are ram so ram chickens are <laughs> um sort of cyborg chickens that sounds that... painful can you no, imagine eggs holy 
I I feel like producing an egg is already painful enough. Just the face a chicken would make as it like shits out a a stick of ram is like no, it's not shitting out a stick of ram. <laughs> it's shitting out an egg which has a stick of ram in it. Is it like a really oblong egg? You gotta let me tell you Sorry, more about please it. Please tell me about the ram get, chicken. No, don't worry, don't worry. The egg at first only contains <laughs> one ram. <laughs> One singular ram. Okay. So it's not especially, okay. you know, oblong. We put it in all the classrooms. Everyone loves incubating the ram eggs. And then eventually, <laughs> gradually, the ram... Uh-huh. Eventually, the ram will grow into, like, a, a full, like, big stick of ram. Now, there was one part that worried me. It was the incubation phase. Because as far as we understand, egg farming is the most ethically sourced you can get food in this country. My, listen, my family growing up, we, one of my mom's co-workers used to raise chickens and mm -hmm. she'd like give us their your like, eggs. And you always had the fastest computers just, from, from your m mother's friend's chickens. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why you, we just need to raise the chickens ourselves, you know? Because there are ethical ways to farm eggs, or at least more ethical ways, that involve, like, you know, caring for the chickens. And again, you're not killing the chickens, right? Mm -hmm. You know, let's be clear here. The ram can grow if we want to. You can hatch some eggs and get new ram chickens. Now, Brianna, can I play Cyberpunk 2077 on a ram chicken? Um, ugh, that game? <laughs> you might need a couple ram chicken eggs for that, uh -huh. you know? Yeah, and you can't, I mean, you can't play anything on them. Well, you could probably play Doom on them. <laughs> um. <laughs> the only, you know? the only real way, you're not a real Doom player if you're not playing Doom on a ram chicken. Yeah, that is the best way to play Doom. That's how the developers intended it. They <laughs> raised chickens, and that's how they were able to do the incredible things they did at the time. It's a little-known fact that Doom was actually programmed on a farm, and they actually did all their testing on ram chickens, and that's why it runs so smoothly. Yeah, uh-huh. All of the developers on Doom lived and worked on a farm. <laughs> I, I have been, I'm sorry, I've been trying to figure out how to say chicken with a T at the start, so that I can say, uh non-free range chicken and have it be nft i just uh i uh, <laughs> the t is silent <laughs> non-free non range chicken Chick chicken 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 it's like the way a child would say it non-free range chicken, chicken. <laughs> and that's what an nft is i'm really excited to get my chicken loaded up. i mean my chicken ram loaded up and talk to you in a normal voice that doesn't garble to hell. But in the meantime, it's time to burn that, that craving. So I came up with a new way to do this. Tell me about, tell me about it. I think three was a good number. You know, in Duet of Steel, we would each pick a card and we'd sort of play them against each other. What we need to do is there's three categories. There's most flammable least flammable and wild card and so we each need to pick a craving and say it and then we need to figure out which one is more flammable and then we do the least flammable then we do the wild card and we just figure it out from there how do you think of that yeah that 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 makes total sense so quickly while you're choosing if you didn't listen to the last episode uh burn that cravings a segment about burning old cravings that we're never going to get to because the podcast is ending we're going to consider the flammability of the craving whatever that means all right, so first round is most flammable. First round is most flammable. You ready? I can go first. You can go I'm first. Ready. Let's go. So first up, my contender, my contestant, my challenger is Bud. If you know what I mean. Malfunctioning robots. Malfunctioning robots. Can the malfunctioning robots smoke Bud? And if so, um, which one is more flammable? I mean, here's the thing. Malfunctioning robots are often already on fire. That's my sort of argument I could, yeah. for why malfunctioning robots are flammable since they're on fire. But Bud is so easy to light. That's tr um, until it isn't. Until you're a look. Right. If you're out well, in the in rain. Well, in fairness, that's also true of malfunctioning robots. It's just, you know, it's really hard to get your malfunctioning robots to smoke when you want them to. 
I don't have a resolution to how we we're supposed to do this. I just came up with the categories. I want to I want to give it to I'm going to give it to Bud. Bud is really flammable, really really easily. That's fair. Uh, malfunctioning robots aren't always flammable. All right. Uh next next up, least flammable. We don't want this to be flammable. Who's your fighter? The ability to smell when milk is off. <laughs> Mine is peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if we really narrowed it down, mine would probably be like spoiled milk, basically. No, I you know? yours is the ability to smell when milk is off. And I just I think I think you've got this one. I feel like I can visualize setting peanut butter on fire. I don't think it would work very well. But yeah. I don't know if I can visualize <laughs> Thinking about milk being old. All right, Fuck. now the wild, wild card. Wild card. All right. Mine is makeup. Mine is world building. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with burn that craving for me is my cravings at this point, the ones I have left, are so conceptual. Same. They're so... Mine are so specific. <laughs> The problem is, is that uh, we're just like, you crave things, I ca- <laughs> I crave the vague shape of a thing. <laughs> anyway, I think makeup is more flammable than world building, though some worlds are on fire. Let's say that, let's say if world building is like a map, then world building's way more flammable. Because that's uh, paper. Yeah, I feel like I don't do a lot of my world building on paper anymore, but I'm, I'm gonna leave that up to interpretation from the audience. Uh, who do you think won that? Uh, tweet at us or send us a message who you think won that wild card. Well, that was fun. It was a good time. <laughs> and that has um, been Burn That craving. craving. Brianna, do you want to take us out of the uh, the burn burning zone, the flammability zone, drive away from the fire? Yeah, absolutely. So my next craving includes some spoilers. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I've been pre-warned. But in order for me to say the craving, I have to first spoiler warn people. Right. And then I'll save the craving. And I will probably in the description just mark it as spoilers. Because saying the craving is a spoiler for at least two things. So the two things that this is a spoiler for are She-Ra mm. and the second Young Avengers series. The the one by Kieran Gillen. Yeah, that comic series. Oh, you know what? There might be one more spoiler in here. <laughs> I'm also going to say it's a spoiler for... We're probably also going to talk about Heaven Will Be Mine. Oh, shit. Um, okay. Uh, it's not, like, directly a spoiler, I guess, but we're also probably going to talk about that. So if you want to know nothing about that game... Okay. There'll be a timestamp in the description. So a thing that I love about gay people <laughs> is that we love to make our love save the world. Um, <laughs> specifically, I adore uh, when there's a gay kiss that saves all of reality or the world or, you know, people that are important to us or whatever. The The power of a, of a magic gay kiss. And, you know, this is one of those things that I'm like, surely this can't be that common. But it happens in She-Ra. It happens <laughs> in Young Avengers. And it happens in Heaven Will Be Mine, though maybe not as directly in that one. I just adore it. I think it's great. I think there should be more gay kisses that save the world. The reason why the gay kiss that saves the world usually works is because it's between very powerful people. <laughs> so, like, in She-Ra, it's between She-Ra... And a cat girl. And, and the cat girl. <laughs> the most powerful um, entity known to man. The most powerful entity. In Young Avengers, it's between a reality, like, shaping wizard warlock type and a a big guy who can change forms. <laughs> big man. And in Heavenly Mind, it's three <laughs> mech, mech pilot uh, gals with the most powerful mechs known to man. But that is that is a trope that I love. And so, Claire, can you think of some gay kisses that can save our world? Can we just figure that out? I feel like every gay kiss I have saves my world. So I don't know about you, but my Damn. my job here is done. Bye. I'm signing off. <laughs> but uh... you know what? Me too. And and for what it's worth, I think that like the thing that I love about this trope is that in addition to it being kind of a like way to 
say you can't fucking take this out Mm -hmm. like you cannot remove this Um, right we've tied the intimacy to the world changing right right it is it is on the one hand it is us saying it is people who create things saying you fucking cannot take it out of here you cannot remove it you cannot just cut it um and it's also asserting that gay love is the most important force in the universe of that world which rules to me and also Um, if i'm gonna be on my own shit for a second it does so in our world too i think every gay kiss saves the world over and over and over again i think queer love like is like unapologetic queer love does so much in the real world I mean, I even remember, like, like, and this is, you know, obviously on a lesser level and, and in a restless way, but, like, I remember when the the period of, like, TV where you could have gay characters on screen, but you could mm-hmm. have kiss. Yep. Right? There's, like, noted liberal shit show, Modern Family, did not have the two gay husbands kiss on screen until, like, at least they don't in season one. I think it's more like season three. I think it's like season three where they actually kiss. And that's like, and that is just like, you know, that is, that was the state of media in queer rep. It does save the world in a way. And it's obviously not all saving the world. You know, it's not the whole thing, but I don't know. It's good. I like in, I like in stories when that happens. Make your stories have a world saving gay kiss. How could we have like gay kisses that could just like eliminate Nazis. Oh, shit. <laughs> and like are there gay kisses that can stop climate change and destroy capitalism? That would be could nice. we make how would we make it how how do you make a gay kiss so powerful it ends capitalism? I I can't think of one other than like immediately going weird superpower realm where it's like if these two women kiss uh, an EMP shock will go out wherever they are, and this is how you just like you. It's like, babe, please, I need a kiss. We need to get past the guards. <laughs> Quick! God, I thought you were gonna be like an EMP blast that like knocks out all <laughs> like technology and electronic shit like all over the world, which would be a nightmare and would just end up with primitivism. What if two girls kiss in the middle of the stock market? And it just, if this was a um, piece of media, that's where the supercomputer is that makes capitalism happen. And so they kiss and the the supercomputer is destroyed and there's no more capitalism. So I just completed a series um, called the Broken Earth Trilogy by N.K. Jemison, And basically it has what are essentially like Earth slash magic benders and i just like the concept of like gay bending kiss makes the avatar state in order to get into the avatar state cora has to kiss asami i've made cora better you're welcome can you fucking imagine if that's what we got that, that to take down imagine if taking down kuvira in season four oh took my god fucking cora kissing asami at god. a perfect like moment yes. and activating the Fuck. avatar state shit that would have been so much better I can't, I'm mad now. I'm mad because we could have had it. If Korra had come out 10 years uh-huh. later, we could have had a lot of other problems also fixed, but specifically that one problem also. Claire, what I would not get, you don't know how much I would give to see Korra be good. You don't know how much I would give to have all of Korra's villains not be just like three various types of leftists and then a fucking fascist like uh, and the fascist be more sympathetically portrayed like yeah i i there's so much i want to fix <sighs> remember when the remember when in season three the anarchist killed the fucking evil ass earth queen yeah. and it's framed as a bad thing i was so excited i was so when i rewatched that episode i was like fuck yeah they rule hell yeah and the very next episode they like torture some villagers or some shit or like they just do something that is inexplicably evil and it's like what yeah. why that they went out right. of their way not to kill anyone in the they it's not like they like went fire nation style and like ran the front door no 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 no. they didn't kill anybody but the queen right. they went out of their way anyways yeah, yeah. We're, not, we're not a cora podcast but i just think korasami <laughs> kiss to save the world was a missed opportunity absolutely 
other series I would want to see a gay kiss to save the world is Star Wars. Thank you. <laughs> give me just give me gay kiss in Star Wars that's between two named characters. But make it also, I don't know, save the world. That'd be cool. Really, the only weakness of the Death Star was kissing on top of it. And then it Damn. explodes. <laughs> Here's the thing. Luke still could have done that. Luke and that's Han that. kiss on top of the Death Star and it explodes. I need it. it was, where's, yeah. where's my Luke Han fic from 1980? Let's fucking <laughs> do it. I mean, I'm only like half a season into Clone Wars, but they should give Ahsoka a girlfriend. I'm not going to say anything. Because <laughs> you're correct. They get so... I'm not going to say... I can't say anything. I can't. They... Yes, they should. <laughs> they fucking should. They really should, and I know exactly what their names... I know exactly what the fucking names are of the girls who should be Ahsoka's girlfriends. Multiple. I'm talking multiple. Also, if you're in a also, podcast... Also, any... any or, sorry. <laughs> tabletop? Yeah. Sorry, go. I was gonna say the thing you're gonna say, which is if you're in any, any tabletop, tabletop, you can podcast. do that. You can have that happen. You can just but do that. But what I also said just do is it. if you're on a podcast... Save the world by having a podcast. Make the podcast kiss. Two okay, two tabletop podcast kiss, <laughs> and it saves the world. Ah, the ship of critical role and the adventure zone. Everyone's favorite. I'm couple. going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Now that's a power couple. The critical zone. That's I'm. I live in the critical zone, and it's I of bet those things. The critical zone is also the name of a tabletop podcast. Like that's a fucking D and D podcast. Sorry, I just had the thought of like super hulak foot for tabletop no. podcasts, and I just needed to share the worst thought. Mm. Um, what are the three? It would be like what for if we're talking super hulak, then that's. Critical Role, The Adventure Zone. The Adventure Zone. I don't know what like the third other. I don't know what the third biggest like tabletop podcast is. I wish it was Friends of the Table, but also I don't wish it was. But Friends it's of the definitely table. not. That's definitely not. Yeah. No, there's like fifteen D and D podcasts out there right. before you get to one non D and D podcast. Right. Good. Make D and D kiss any other tabletop game. And watch it say, actually, uh, it's two, maybe it's make, two tabletop no, make games. Two indie <laughs> yes. game, make two table, indie <laughs> tabletop games kiss and destroy D&D. That's how it goes. Do I, do you want my craving? I, well, yeah, of course I do. You know um. how it works here. We got four cravings. <laughs> Why? I didn't get a chance to do my Mr. Colt voice today. <laughs> do you want to introduce my next craving in the Miss Occult voice? Sure. Hey, uh, hey, Claire, what are you, uh, what are you craving over there? I feel like you kind of broke Brooklyn for a second, but, uh... I did break a little Brooklyn, <laughs> but it's all right. We're living with it. My, my next craving, the last craving of the podcast, is that I've been, uh, playing an ongoing cyberpunk game for Hell a while yeah. now, uh, set in, uh, a, a game of the sprawl, run by a lovely friend of mine, and so we... I've been playing in this for a few sessions, and cyberpunk as a genre is kind of, and I've talked about this with them, it kind of sucks, because yeah. cyberpunk was really a look at current culture in the 80s or 70s. I forget when, really, it was, like, 80s. a big thing. And it was like, ah, here's the, like, logical conclusion of, like, the systems that are in place now, um, and this is sort of what we're hurtling towards. And then fast forward four years and I look at cyberpunk and I'm like, hmm, that's actually better than what we have now. Oh, people yeah. have access to mods. Normal people are able to get entire body modifications. That's awesome. Uh, people are able to afford that. Awesome. That's fantastic. Instead, yeah. um, we are now worse than cyberpunk. We live in a reality that is worse than cyberpunk. This is why we have to make a game called Cyberpunk 2077, which is not cyberpunk, to be clear. Yeah. But also, we are we are living in cyberpunk 2020. Anyways, my craving... Totally. That's not even the craving. My craving is solar punk. Okay, let's talk about solar punk. If you go to the Wikipedia, so the dictionary definition of solar punk is basically empty. The Wikipedia page is non-existent almost because it's just, it's not an explored space as much as it should be. It's definitely explored, not, don't get me wrong. But like, 
there isn't as much media about it as I would love. And so solar punk is an art movement that envisions how the future might look if humanity succeeded in solving major contemporary challenges uh, with an emphasis on sustainability problems such as climate change and pollution. This is like the opposite of cyberpunk. This is like, we did it. We succeeded. It's optimistic. And the reason that I want more of this is because culture influences media, which influences culture. And if we started mm. producing media that right. did this, and maybe this, maybe this is a little too optimistic of me, I feel like it would yeah. influence a lot of good ideas. We have touchscreens now because of like things like Star Trek. Media has influenced our culture, has influenced our innovations. So I want more solar punk. Dune, apparently, huh. is one of the most known examples of solar punk. Uh, there's also totally. solar punk, ecological, and fantastical stories in a sustainable world. And Sun Vault, stories of solar punk and eco-speculation. This, but this is the thing. Two of those titles were so wordy. We clearly need yeah. more solar punk if so those I... are the three most known solar punk books. I mean, this is, I, I think, a thing that most sci-fi is engaging with, is what does a future look like mm -hmm. that doesn't involve uh, us destroying ourselves from climate change? I think when I tend to envision sci-fi worlds, and I have some, some worlds that I've created, the kind of core facet and feeling and thing that I think about is the truly horrifying idea. What if we found a way to survive climate change and didn't and it didn't disrupt capitalism. Oh, like, yeah. What if we found a way that capitalism would like survived, but we addressed climate change? You um, mean like the train like, show? What is not Polar Express? Jesus. You know, the one where everybody lives on a train yeah. because the world is just a frozen ball at this point. That's not Polar Express. <laughs> I, know, I know it's not Polar Express, but I was trying to think of that movie and my brain just kept going, Polar uh, Snowpiercer. Thank you, it's Snowpiercer. Yes, that's the one I was thinking. Yeah, yeah Snowpiercer the, the one is that, like an example. Yeah, my pet world that is that is the one that I've probably, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on here before, but it's one where it's like a bunch of, uh, we went out into, we solved it and then we went out into space and corporations started colonizing space. Um, so like Cowboy Bebop is like an example kind of, Cowboy of that, Bebop. You know? and then magic is discovered and it's a whole new yeah. kind of technological paradigm. It's like an imagination of how colonialism continues to exist under like new environments, either like fa right, fantasy like, or sci-fi, etc. We would be remiss, I think, to not mention the like the large scale metro plan that is being drawn up now and taken somewhat seriously, uh, the high speed rail across the US plan that got popularized by Gen Z on TikTok. Oh, um, I haven't heard of this. Basically, the idea, you know, and this has been a, a, a conversation in certain leftist spaces for a right, while. Like, yeah. what if we had high speed rail that went between all of the major cities in the US? The discussion there was like, oh, that'd be great for the environment. And then it was people going, hang on, <laughs> not our land. We can't make those calls. Yeah. And we're seeing kind of that play out now as like, you know, at the very least, the kind of Biden government has drawn up a proposed map of if they did it, here's what it would look like. And it goes through five reservations. Oh my God. So like, that is the fucking thing. Of course like, it that does. is, to me, these are like bad solar punk, I guess. I've, I've immediately made dystopian solar punk. Also, like, another thing with train systems, and I don't want this to become a train podcast, but it does center uh, urban living versus rural living. I, I think I saw one of the maps. I had no context for it, but now that I have context, I think I know what the map was. Really it was just skipping one of the whole states. Like, there was just a state on the map yeah. that just, like, did not have a line running through it, which I'm assuming was a train line. Yeah. What about the people who live there? And I get that the answer is like, ha ha ha, they're the five people and 20 sheep that live there. But it's like, okay, so they don't get access to infrastructure. Access to infrastructure centers cities, which cities are, are a like byproduct of colonial capitalism. I mean, even just knowing European history, I think like, specifically, I know English history. London has been a city for right. hundreds and hundreds of years. And in basically any era, it looks different from the last era. Right. Sorry, right? I should like, say modern cities. Um, but my point is, is like, 
you're always going to have i i suspect this is the case as long as there are people (laughs) as we know of people Mm -hmm. at this point you will probably always have a mix of urban and rural spaces yeah and you need infrastructure and ways of being and livelihoods that take into account both if we're talking about earth and we're talking about our specific land none of this is stuff for us to determine you know as as far as i am aware there have always been higher density and lower density areas. They didn't always look like cities, especially not on this continent. If you're thinking about solar punk, you know, I think my, my, the thing that immediately comes to mind for me is like, you can't just think of the like shining, beautiful <laughs> cityscape mm-hmm. with no pollution and, and like all electric grass vehicles. Grass growing on the buildings and whatnot. Right. Um, and, and oh, you can't think about exclusively that. And you also can't think about, the exclusively like we live in a small community hmm. run only by like wind farms <laughs> um and it's a commune mm-hmm. um and maybe a cult but it's <laughs> give me the story you know. about the wind farm cult i want that that sounds great oh man <laughs> that sounds fantastic solarpunk is, is is a really interesting space to explore if anyone has any like recommendations for pieces of fiction that fall into like indigenous led mm-hmm. solar punk or something adjacent to that that is about like what indigenous futures can look like i've definitely seen some alternate universes there was a like a game um that just finished on, on kickstarter it made a lot of money called coyote and crow oh. um, about like a, a alternate universe in which the um you know this land was never colonized and instead indigenous people were experienced these weird like this weird thing called the gift and then later on discover that they gave them special powers um and stuff like that um wow this got is i a think a million dollars on an eighteen thousand yes, dollar pledge yeah um, this looks super good because it looks like because the concept is killer and it looks great i'm excited for for that to come out but but if we're talking about like how do we get from here to a better future in which climate change is addressed and some of the like modern issues are addressed it needs to be obviously indigenous led Um, yep i would love to know if there are folks particularly indigenous folks who are writing in that space Um, or anyone who knows of indigenous folks who are writing in this space i guess that's what you're asking sorry (laughs) you're only addressing the indigenous listeners you're the only people who are who are are currently writing a solar punk (laughs) book (laughs) in order to answer (laughs) us you must be writing a solar punk book and you must be indigenous to the land you are currently living on this has been salt cravings and i get do we just have to be sloppy on our outro i feel like we've just sort of like i think on our outro you need to tell me what no, your intro was going to be. I was be. just going to use it I next think... time. <laughs> really? Really? Claire, we have... I have one more. Episode... I have one more. You got one more? I have one more. Okay, you got one more? You're going to use the same fucking intro? You don't it's got intros to It's not the same burn? intro. It's, that's a clean in, it's a clean take on the good intro. Oh my god. All right. Listen, <laughs> I can't tell you what intro yeah, to right. do. This has been Salt Cravings. Thanks for listening. Uh, I... Fuck, we never say this, but uh, in the last few episodes, I guess, uh, my name's Claire. You can follow me uh, at Claire Skies Ahead on Twitter. Um, hi, and my name's uh, Brianna, and you can follow me at Price of Brie on Twitter, where I'm currently taking a break, but we'll be back probably. <laughs> don't don't come back. It's it's okay. It's actually better if you don't. I'm probably going to come okay. back. That's, that's fair. Um, I got too many good tweets. <laughs> so. Too much too much good content to give the world. <laughs> you don't know what my drafts look like. They're killer. You can go find us at saltcravings.com uh, or at saltcravings on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Um, if you want to get your cravings in before the bell, which is episode 69, that is the bell, that's the end, uh, you can send those over to submissions at salt cravings. Or save them up for our live stream, uh, which is going to be the weekend of, of this is going to go from July 1st to the 4th. That's the weekend. That's our weekend. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, if you want to sign up to stream or do tech, or do moderation or you know get involved with the stream behind the scenes um you can find a link 
to the sign-up sheet in the description, or you can go to any of our social media at Salt Cravings. We're really excited about doing that. Um, let us know if you want to participate and what games you would want to stream. The the stream is also, to be clear, it's going to be a donation stream. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, if you need to, I guess want to, if you're rearing to donate, there will be some links in the description uh, where you can yep. send some good, good money to. It, I guess. Good evening. Good, good night. Good good night, evenings and gentle babes. Okay. I'm just doing mm. bad takes. That's the, it's I, the bad take outro. We're do we're, okay. Bad take gentle outro, babes. everyone. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>